hey, Joe Casaboni here, and I'm just letting you know that how I built it is now Streamlined Solopreneur. So if you're seeing a new artwork and a new name in your podcast player, that is expected and by design. The new name better reflects the mission and really what has been the mission of this show for the last few years, and I'm really excited about it. All the links in the show notes and how I built it will still work, but the show also has a new home over at streamlined.fm if you want to check it out. Thanks so much for listening. This episode of How I Built It is brought to you by two great sponsors. The first is our season-long sponsor. Liquid Web has been best known as a managed hosting company with tons of options. It's also designed a managed WordPress offering that is perfect for mission-critical sites. If you're looking for improved performance, maximized uptimes, and incredible support, Liquid Web is the partner you've been looking for. Every Liquid Web managed WordPress customer has iTheme Sync integrated into their managed portal, allowing them to update several sites with a single touch. Liquid Web hosts all of my critical websites and I couldn't be happier with them. If you sign up today using the discount code HOWIBUILTIT33, you get 33% off for the next six months. Visit buildpodcast.net slash liquid to get started. That's buildpodcast.net net slash liquid. It's also brought to you by Hover.com. When you have a great idea for your product or business, you need to give it a great domain name. Finding the perfect domain is ridiculously easy with Hover. With Hover, you can easily set up your domain name with the most popular website builders. You can use Cover Connect to set up your domain automatically in just a few clicks. That's right, no more digging through help articles to figure out how to get your domain working. And if you already have a bunch of domains scattered across other domain providers like I did, you can save money by bringing them all to Hover. Eligible domains will include free Whois privacy and volume discounts. So the more domains you have in your account, the more of a discount Hover will give you automatically. Head over to buildpodcast.net slash Hover today for 10% off your first purchase. That's buildpodcast.net slash hover. Hey everybody, today's guest in season three, episode three, is Jeff Matson. He's a friend and a great developer, and we're going to be talking about his side project, Heartbeat Controller, today. And uh, we talk about a whole lot of different things, including developer tools, happy accidents, scratching your own itch, but knowing when uh, a project is doomed and when to kind of pursue it and a whole lot more. Jeff provides some great insight on how to learn by doing and I really think you're going to enjoy this episode. I know I did. So without further ado, on with the show. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of How I Built It, the podcast that asks, how did you build that? Today, my guest is Jeff Matson. Jeff, how are you? Doing great. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for being on the show. Uh, Jeff is a man of many hats, figuratively and literally. And today we are going to be talking about one of your personal projects, right? Yeah. Yeah. We will be talking about uh, Heartbeat Control that I launched several years ago. And I'm now just uh, starting to do some updates and everything with it and uh, kind of moving forward. Nice. Very nice. I remember when you launched this, I was keeping an eye on it. I have not gotten to use it yet, though. So I'll be excited to hear kind of what you've been working on and, and what you have planned for the future. But first, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and exactly what Heartbeat Control is? 
Well, I am Jeff Matson. I currently uh, run the docks over at Rocket Genius, aka Gravity Forms. Between that and, and, and various development and things, I am all over the place. So if you've interacted with most Gravity Forms things on Twitter or uh, or elsewhere or at WordCamps, you've probably met me or talked to me at least at one point. So I, uh, I created Heartbeat Control to be able to allow some kind of solution when multiple users are all on the WordPress admin and they're on shared hosting, absolutely blowing up servers. Um, it started out as a small little tiny project that I was like, all right, well, you know, just, just something we can send to a couple people here and there. And now we're 50,000 active installs later, trying to, uh, trying to kind of see where I can go with this a little bit. Nice. That's awesome. So, uh, like most people I talk to on the show, it sounds like, uh, you were scratching an itch that you had uh, that is useful to other people. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. So it was a what I thought was a completely unique problem towards uh, hosting providers. Uh, what I realized is that after a while, after all the different hosts started realizing that uh, this plugin existed and that would solve their problem, I started getting recommendations from everybody from HostGator, A2 Hosting, GoDaddy, it, it, all kinds of other hosts, all over SiteGround is another one. Um, all kinds of hosts all over the place that are saying, you know, install this plugin for most uh, most basic users that really aren't utilizing the WordPress heartbeat for anything. So they might as well just disable it most places. Nice. Gotcha. So that's that's pretty cool. It's a, So it's a relatively simple plugin, right? It, I mean, is it? I guess I have oh, most of the source code, right? <laughs> the, oh, the current code base is terrible. Uh, it's 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 functional, but it's just ugly. It's so ugly because I made it, you know, three years ago or two, three years ago, something like that. The last updated is two years ago. It tested up to is only set to currently four point three nine. So yeah, it definitely hasn't been touched in a while. But I've been getting all kinds of requests for a while uh, for things like multi-site support and conditional logic and different things like that. So what I've decided to do is that I have this plugin sitting here. I'm not doing. I, w- I hadn't been doing anything for, with it for a while, and I already have a wide user base and massive recommendations. I already have, without even monetizing it or really doing anything with it, I already control the first three pages of, or more probably, of the Google Google search keyword for WordPress Heartbeat. So at that point, I might as well just try to do something with it. If I can make a little bit of money on it off of a premium version or something, cool. If not. It's at least giving a. It's at least adding a couple features to those people that that really rely on it. Yeah, absolutely. So I definitely want to talk to you more about that. But you, you know, like I said at the beginning of the show, you're a man of many hats. So you work for Gravity Forms. You also did. You also have another service, like a SaaS product or another WordPress plugin that I'm not seeing on the list here. Um. So I had a plugin at one point called NotifyBot. Um, yes. Not long ago. And what that did is that handle notifications from everything inside your WordPress admin, whether it be post updates or form submissions through Gravity Forms or really anything else, you know, settings changes in the WordPress admin. And then you could receive notifications with Slack, via email, via text message, different things like that. What happened with that is it just didn't sell. <laughs> it, it really didn't do anything. And so what I did is I just decided, you know what, I'm going to shelve that for a little while. I'm going to focus on some of my other projects. I will be coming back to it. And I, I'm actually really excited on the different things that I could do with this framework. The framework that I built for it is going to basically allow me to 
do all sorts of amazing things in the future with any kind of monitoring plugin or any kind of maintenance plugin. So it's not a total loss, it, well, it, but it is uh, right now it's kind of off into the ether until I have uh, plenty of time for it. Gotcha. Yeah. And I, uh, I know exactly how you feel. I st- I built like, um, I was building like a podcasting plugin and then I just realized like I can't compete with PowerPress. <laughs> so I built an ad- like essentially an add on plugin for PowerPress and I'm using it personally, but like, you know, I, I, I haven't released it commercially or really just, I want to get more feedback on it, but you know, I, I know, I know exactly how you feel. I mean, we're both coders. We, get an idea and we kind of go off and start writing it. Right. So it sounds like with heartbeat control, was there a lot of research involved in that? Like, what did you do up until from the time you realized you had this problem up until the solution you came to, I guess. So the, the problem was something that I saw regularly anyways, being at a web host, we, we saw it quite frequently because what you'd have is you'd have 50 users all logged into a WordPress admin on shared hosting that are sending requests every 15 seconds. And those are essentially wasted requests because a lot of them are just sitting on a post edit page or just, just sitting somewhere and not actually doing anything. So what the best solution was is just to make some kind of plugin just to, just to solve that little problem. And it, it all kind of happened on a board Friday. And I just, a lot of times I, I put Fridays aside when I was over at InMotion to kind of sit back and, and, you know, code something new up or play with it, you know, play with, play with different things. Maybe, maybe submit a patch somewhere, a quick little add on or, you know, whatever it is, just kind of like a fun day to, to experiment and play with things. And, uh, wrote it, released it that weekend. And I was like, okay, it's there. And then I go back and look at it. (laughs) And then there's, you know, the, the, the download counts just keep going up and up and up and up and up. And then, you know, the, the .org repo offered uh, the active installs. So I was looking at it. I was like, maybe people are just downloading it, throwing it on dev sites, and then, and then making it go away. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, there's, there's actually a lot of installs here. And, of course, the, the active installs isn't 100% accurate. It's, you, know, you get a little bit of a, an idea of kind of how your plugin is growing. And so with that, it turned from a little tiny sort of quick little solution that I just made on a whim to something that people are actually starting to rely on, it looks like. And it's it's evolved as well to also be a development tool. So when you're doing JavaScript debugging, and I'm sure you've seen this plenty of times, the heartbeat will get in your way. Mm-hmm. You're trying to you're trying to run you know, you're trying to just do some debugging and then all of a sudden you get another request that completely destroys your debugger. What this will do is this will stop that as well. So what happened was, is I started realizing, oh, wow, people are actually getting other, other problems that are, that are being solved here by just running heartbeat control in their local development environments. It was brought up to me by uh, Chris Wegman when he was over at 10 up and he was like, yeah, we're rolling out this out in all our development environments now on his team, at least as a recommended plugin, because it helps so much with debugging. And then there's I think I think it was uh, Ronald Tureka reached out to me. He was having another issue with uh, I think it was Gravity Forms uh, the edit locking, and it Heartbeat Control fixed that too. So it seems like it's actually solving a lot of little bugs that people have here and there. Now, of course, that Gravity Forms issue is now solved. But if it were to ever pop up again, or if somebody else else were to have that similar issue, 
heartbeat control can solve that too. So it's, it's really been something that I just kind of fell upon. Yeah, man, that's, that's wild, right? Cause you, uh, you know, you, you made this plugin out of necessity. It's very popular. You did notify bot, which is a hard sell at least or harder, right. harder than you thought it would be. And again, like I know exactly how you feel. And I found that like helping uh, something that helps is like being part of a mastermind or something like that. Um, do you, are there people that you talk to for like business or development advice or, or both? Yeah. So there's, I think the, the people I talk to the most are the, the, all the people of rocket genius, whether it be Dave or, you know, who, who also handles gravity whiz on the side is also a, a gravity forms developer or, um, you know, whether it be you know, one of the, one of the founders of, of gravity forms themselves, really, we pass a lot of information on because we all kind of have our little side gigs and little things that we're playing with and stuff like that. Sometimes it's good. And somebody gives you, you know, a great thing or somebody will also say, no, your idea is horrible. It'll never sell. <laughs> and so with heartbeat control, we actually thought, or not heartbeat control, I'm sorry, notify bot, you know, while I was, while I was going through development and everything of it, a lot of people thought it was going to sell. A lot of people were like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. You're starting to get, you know, I started to get good, uh, good subscription, good email subscriptions and, uh, and a lot of, a lot of interest. And then it seemed like when it came down to it, everybody thought it was a really cool idea, but nobody really had a use for it to make them hit the purchase button. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I'm trying to, trying to learn a little bit better about is how can I make those people hit that purchase button? How can I already use the assets that I already have to take those things and really push it into the market? And so we're going to try it out with heartbeat control. We're going to see and hopefully it goes well. Nice. I, I really like that. So uh, you're, you're taking something you built that's very popular and, and kind of using that as a, as a test. And I dig that. So you are pretty heavy developer. And so I'm curious, you know, I'm curious to know. So with heart, with heartbeat control, you could talk about how you built it. But in general, I would just love to hear about like your development and setup. Like what tools do you use before we started recording? You talked about how you, you were building some crazy thing with Node and you had all these things running. So I'd love to hear how you built Heartbeat Control and then maybe a little bit about your development environment. So my development environment at that time was mostly uh, just PHP Storm, okay. Xdebug, that sort of thing. Just typical, typical things. I think at that time I was using VVV as well for... Um, for my environments. Um, now I've switched things up a little bit. Now I'm actually, since about, I don't know, a month or two ago, I switched over to Visual Studio Code. I'm actually absolutely loving it. I found that PHP Storm was just a bit too heavy for me. I wasn't using, I wasn't utilizing 90% of the features in my daily life. I was using the debugger and then I was using any kind of code sniffing and things like that which I can get that same thing inside, inside Visual Studio Code. So because of that, I have a lightweight platform that I can just add plugins to as I need or customize. And it's especially easy because I can write all my config in JSON. So with that, I don't have to go through menus and stuff like that. I'd rather just go through something, adjust a value, and call it a day. So I'm using that. I'm also using Local by Flywheel, which I think is a horrible, horrible name. It is. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've voiced that opinion several times. Love the product. Hate the yep. name. 
Exactly. And I think that's everybody else's, uh, I think that's everybody else's opinion. I think they, uh, I think they pushed a little too hard to try to get the branding out and, uh, and, and get, caused a little bit of confusion because like, Hey, what, you know, what are you using? I'm using local. Yeah. Like what, <laughs> you know, that's you what I'm asking. Local. What are you using? For local? <laughs> right. using exactly. Local? <laughs> exactly. But I really enjoy that it uses Docker. Mm-hmm. That's, that's something I, I generally prefer just because you're running a lot of things on bare metal and you're, you're separating, you're separating concerns, but you're not completely separating environments. If that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. So I like that. Uh, I also use Docker here and there if I need some kind of weird custom config set up. The project that I'm working on now is a documentation parser. I'm actually going to be, uh, as soon as that's complete, I will be releasing it uh, publicly as an open source project, but that's just running node locally on my, uh, on my machine, a little bit of express and, uh, and there's a uh, PHP reflection class that I'm trying to use to, uh, to kind of generate my docs. There's nothing crazy going on here. It's, it's all fairly, fairly basic. I would say the only thing that I really do that's a little different than others is I, I use Dropbox for the, for most of my, uh, development environments. So I actually store my environments themselves on Dropbox so that I can be on any machine and immediately pull something up. Or if I need to immediately share that environment with somebody else, it's right there. It's, it's not something I have to, you know, I have to export, zip up, you know, upload it to Dropbox. It kind of kills bandwidth a little bit. So I have to be careful when I'm on a, when I'm mobile or, you know, I'm running off a of battery power. Most of the time I'm docked anyway, so it's not that big of a deal. And uh, my ISP may hate me a little bit, but they haven't sent me any warnings about my, uh, my usage. So I'm good there. <laughs> Nice. Man, that what a that's that's quite a setup and it sounds crazy and awesome. What's your favorite JavaScript framework? It'll be way out of date by the time this episode comes out. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's Vue though. So I'm, it's the newest one. Okay. So Vue.js is something that I've really started to enjoy. I'm not I'm actually horrible at JavaScript. I'm terrible with it. But I've been trying really 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 hard to get better at it. And I think Vue kind of was that bridge for me between PHP and JavaScript where it just kind of clicked a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I was using I was using Angular for a while and I tried to mess with React and I just wasn't it just didn't seem right. You know, it just just the way it ran and, and the amount of requirements I needed to do to set it up was just a bit daunting because uh, I wasn't familiar with Webpack or anything like that mm-hmm. at the time. So I jumped into Vue and started looking at that. I actually le- I actually found it by looking for a framework to use with NotifyBot, and I was digging around trying to find trying to find something that would work for me that was just really easy for me to use, and I can just kind of drop it in. Don't have to deal with you know changing a bunch of bunch of things up in my development environment and everything. Didn't have to run pack you know I didn't have to package up scripts or anything. And I found out that you could use Vue.js with just embedded it embedding it into your HTML and just queuing the script. So I started messing with that and then I started getting deeper into it. Did some uh, watched videos on Udemy. I'll do that a lot of times when I'm just sitting around on the couch or whatever, or the wife wants to, to hang out. So I'll mm. just put on like a Udemy thing on the background and we can chat and I can watch what they're doing <laughs> and kind of get two things done at once. And so I did that and then I, I, I kind of learned a little bit more about uh, view single file components and webpack and, and, and different things like that. And so now it's it actually broke me into really understanding the the build process in in, in more advanced JavaScript apps. 
So Vue is awesome. Nice. I'm going to have to add that to my list of things to check out. I want to learn React so bad. And I just like every time I sit down, I'm like, or I could do something else. It's a pain in the ass. Yeah. (laughs) It's like install these 14 things. Oh, okay. Yeah, great. Awesome. So we are crossing the 20 minute mark and there are generally three questions I ask, right? But uh, we kind of mentioned at the top of the show that you built Heartbeat Control uh, a couple years ago and haven't touched it since. So I'm confident there aren't too many transformations, but you do have plans for the future. Why don't we talk about those? So hopefully these things will be out by the time this airs. I hope so. So, you know, you can kind of try to hold me to it here (laughs) when this comes out. Yeah. But my plans are, for the most part, is to do one thing is multi-site support. That's the number one requested thing I get. Not only managing on a global scale, but on an individual site scale as well. Whereas your network can manage, can, can, can basically override individual sites and individual sites can change their heartbeat frequency that way. I want to do that. I want to do conditional logic. That's something I'm kind of setting up right now a little bit, um, laying, the, laying the groundwork for at least. And so that if you only want, for example, you know, this user, when they're logged in, they keep, they keep just leaving their, you know, their window, their editor window open and it keeps firing off requests. If you want to say, okay, well, I want the, I want that particular user to not fire off the WordPress heartbeat, or I want that particular user to only fire off the WordPress heartbeat every, you know, 60 seconds instead of 15 seconds when on the WordPress post editor, you know, that can be handled without hitting in everybody else's way. So that, and that, and of course that's going to kind of build into the multi-site stuff as well, because it's all kind of handling it the same sort of, uh, on the same sort of framework. So that's one of the things I want to work with. Another thing is I want to work closer with other developers that are actually utilizing the WordPress heartbeat in a good way. So I know that there's some things in Gravity Forms that we use the WordPress heartbeat to check things like partial entries. And so because, or save and continue, for example. So if you do that, then if you have my plugin enabled, I can potentially cause issues with Gravity Forms. So what I want to do is I want to have a better solution in place to where if you are legitimate, you have a legitimate reason for using it. It really truly requires the WordPress heartbeat that you can basically override heartbeat control. The only downside is, is that I don't want everybody to do this. Right. So I'm trying to figure out a good solution for that. We'll see. I think, I think it may just come down to relationships with other developers that are utilizing the heartbeat. So if anybody watching this is utilizing the heartbeat, let me know, and then uh, and we can kind of work something out, figure out exactly where we want to kind of go with it. Nice, that's awesome. So, so these additions, right? So, currently the plugin's free uh, on the WordPress repository. Are there plans for like a freemium model, or is that what these updates are going to to kind of entail? Yeah, so I I do want to go a freemium model with it. The biggest thing is I don't want to take any existing users, and I don't want I, I don't want these existing users to lose any functionality. I want I want it to operate exactly how it has been, but with a better framework and and more support and more maintenance on the free version. But the premium version essentially existing for your more your your larger people that really truly need the more advanced features like multi site. So if you're running a big if you're running a multi site network, you're probably making money off of your site. So right probably can spend a little bit of money on a plug. 
to yeah. solve your problem. Yeah, and and the same thing can be said about like hosting companies, right? You said exactly. all these hosting companies, and that's really where the big money in WordPress is. So exactly, and I think I think if I could work something out with various other hosts, and I don't have anything worked out at the moment. So if any if any hosts uh, watch this and want to and want to chat, let me know. But I don't have anything worked out at the moment. What I, what I would like to do is have just an easy upgrade procedure for hosts to go in there and, and modify the heartbeat, right? So possibly some sort of licensing mm-hmm. agreement to where there's a, I don't know, some kind of premium WPCLI integration where the host can go, okay, well, I need to quick edit this this heartbeat on this site and then edit it. Then the, then the client doesn't ever have to do it. So one of the reasons my plugin is, is as big as it is is because people don't know how to do this stuff. Right. You know, I, if you told me, you know, many years ago before I even wrote this, like, you need to change the WordPress heartbeat. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't, know, I don't know any of this stuff. I'll have to look up the hook, find out what the hell it does, and, and go from there. People just don't want to have to deal with it. If they can just install a plugin, it solves their problem. But I don't, I, I want to be able to provide a good solution for people who just have a small blog or anything their host may be getting, getting on their case a little bit, but to provide a little bit of a more premium solution for those who are truly relying on it quite a bit or the hosts that really need to make changes to other sites across their across their network gotcha well good luck with all of that that sounds like a good plan and it sounds like you've got a good base audience to market to initially so i'll be curious if you come you know maybe if you come back on the show in a year or so let me know how it goes (laughs) we'll do it the last question i want to ask before we get to the bonus questions is do you have any trade secrets for us? Trade secrets. I would say the biggest thing is just to document the hell out of your code. Because I go through things like, uh, you know, I'll shelve something for a while, you know, little personal projects and stuff, and I'll shelve it for three, four months, and then I'll come back to it. I'm like, what the hell is this doing? I have no idea what, you know, why I wrote this the way it is or or what's going on here. And then I'll change something and break something else. And, and all that other things. And you know, I'm the guy who does the documentation for Gravity Forms. Like you'd think my code would be better documented, but my own personal code is horribly documented. So what I would definitely say is 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 document your code well because it saves so much time. Awesome. Love that. I gotta be better at that. Uh, I have a linter installed in Adam, which is my editor, that yells at me if I don't have proper doc blocks. So that's helping me out a bit, but yeah, I do the same thing actually in Visual Studio Code as well. There's the same thing. Unfortunately, a lot of times I'll ignore it. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, there's <laughs> exactly. But that's that's great advice. Definitely document your code. If for nobody else, then for future you, who's going to be like you said, super confused, right? Exactly. So cool. Well, thank you for joining me. The bonus questions part, I'm still experimenting with. So I don't know if this is actually going to launch during the normal episode or as like an add-on later. Because like, I want to try to get like Patreon going for, for this to see what I can do. But this is the bonus round with Jeff Matson. I was going to call it the Fast Five, but there are uh, six questions and one is not necessarily a fast question. So the first five I want you to answer. First thing that comes to your mind, basically, the last question, uh, you can kind of think out a little bit. Sound good? All right. All right. What's your favorite book at the moment? Favorite book is probably Ready Player One. I'm not reading a book at the moment. But actually, you know what? I am reading another book at the moment. I didn't even think about that. I have been reading a little bit here and there of uh, Code Complete, which is a very, very, very good book. If you want to learn more about best development practices that are completely platform agnostic, that is the way to go. But entertainment-wise, Ready Player One is probably my favorite book at the moment. 
That is an excellent book. Uh, somebody just recommended The Circle based on the fact that I like Ready Player One. So if you're looking for new fiction, I started reading The Circle. There's a movie coming out. It'll have already been out and out of theaters probably by the time this episode airs. Nice. But I'm enjoying it so far. What is music that inspires you? I listen to so much different music. My, me and, uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you probably see me constantly uh, sending, out, sending out all kinds of stuff with different music that I'm listening to. But I think music that inspires me, inspires me, will... Lately, I've been listening to a whole lot of Electro Swing. That's right. So it's yes. like a different little subdrama. It's crazy. So it, it, it mixes my perfect, like, little, you know, 20s, 30s swing music type stuff, or 50s more so, I guess, with a more of a modern take on different things. I, oh, my God, it's, it's changing my life. So that's, that's what I've been listening to a whole lot of lately. That's excellent. I actually have a playlist of that. My friend introduced me. Like, there's a song called, I think, Gold Digger that I just, like, uh, love. It's great. I'll send you a, I'll send you a Spotify link. <laughs> what is your favorite food? Tacos. Tacos. Nice. What, what's, what's food without tacos? Yeah, exactly. Katie Richards. I don't know if you know Katie Richards. I do. Nice. She's excellent. She, uh, she has a theory that you never want tacos until somebody else mentions them. So now I definitely want tacos. I'm going to go get tacos after this recording. I, I will too. <laughs> Who is your favorite sports team? New England Patriots. The New England uh, – we got to shut it down, everybody. I know. Everybody hates me now. Everybody, everybody <laughs> just hit the, hit, the, uh, hit the stop button right there. Yeah. That's right. I'm a Yankee. What? I'm a Yankee fan. So. Ooh. No, oh, yeah, that's right. Now, I, I saw you. <laughs> now no one's you. listening. I saw your uh, – well, you know, your, your whole post on uh, – on Facebook with your 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 new uh, your new child there wearing the wearing the Yankee stuff. Yeah, uh, you know I like this because you know it's it's <laughs> it's you know first baseball stuff, but does it really have to be the Yankees? Got to be the Yankees, yeah. So my wife and I uh, have a spirited debate about that because she's a Phillies fan, so we're gonna let the girl decide. And uh, the way things are going, she's gonna be a Yankee fan because we watch way more Yankee games than Phillies games. What are you gonna do if she's a Sox fan? Oh man, that'll, that's like, I don't even know that, you know, you always worry about the thing that your kid's going to tell you that will just break your heart. And I'm pretty sure that would be it for me. Everything else, everything else will be fine. But dad, I love the Red Sox. Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm from, I'm from New England. You know, I gotta, I gotta support my team. Gotta wrap your team. Absolutely. And I mean, this, the, don't tell anybody I said this, but the Sox are a good team. So. Well, it's on the recording now. I know. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh oh. What's one thing that you wish you knew when you first started developing? That I just need to get shit done and not and not worry about what other people think about my code so much. All just right. get it done. Just get it written, and it will all kind of come together. And I've that's actually something that I've recently kind of uh, trained myself and little learned learned to do. Is that I'll just take like I'll just take code and just chuck it places and you know my variable names suck and all this other stuff sucks but I'll just go back through it later. The big thing is just to get something barely functional running and then go back through refactor or do all your other stuff. I spent so much time figuring out the structure that I'm just wasting time because I'll end up changing that structure later when I go and implement something else. So definitely just get it done. Don't don't take the time to worry too much about what your code looks like or what your structure looks like and everything. You can always fix it. Later. Nice. I dig that. I dig that. And then here's the last question. And this could, you could put a little bit more thought into this uh, if you want. How did you learn how to program? 
that is actually a bit of a story. It was actually I told that a little bit on uh, on Hero Press in, a, in an article I did for them. I think it all kind of started when I was I don't know, 12, 13 years old, late middle school, early high school. And my mom actually took a, a college elective course. She's working on her one of her accounting degrees on uh, HTML. And so there was a basic HTML course that I that I took. And this is like pre-CSS, pre-like real CSS. Yeah. And so I kind of looked over it and I read it from cover to cover and started trying to do things and started toying with things a little bit. And made some really, really ugly websites and went from there. I kind of put things aside for a little while. And then uh, I was doing server-related server things for so long and then kind of jumped back over to, over to the affiliate marketing side of things and then jumped back when I, I started working at a hosting provider. So I was, I was doing more hosting stuff. And then I ended up jumping back, um, I'd say probably about four years ago, heavy into development. And kind of went from there. Uh, so that's that's really kind of the the whole path to it. It's all entirely self-taught by myself. No schooling. I'm uh, like personally, I'm a I'm a high school dropout. <laughs> so I think development's one of those things that you can. It doesn't matter what your education is, as long as you can produce quality code. Doesn't really matter. Yeah, absolutely. And I I mean, uh, that's. I guess I'm the exact opposite of that. I have my master's degree in software engineering, but I self-taught HTML, CSS, and PHP. You know, I learned Java in college. Right. Yeah. So they're, they're right there. And, but you know, the biggest takeaway for me was, was grad school. Cause that was kind of how to architect programming uh, or software. But you know, if, as long as you, and especially today, there are so many, resources out there you know to to learn and teach yourself and and going back to the thing that you wish you knew when you first started is just do it just try something you know this isn't heart surgery uh so yeah. you can if you mess something up you can undo it so that's true unless you uh unless you delete an entire client's database yes so don't yeah. do that i should but. say like caveat <laughs> when you're working on your computer locally you likely won't destroy anything. It's true. So don't do anything on a production server, kids. Exactly. A, a PSA from Jeff and Joe. <laughs> right. So yeah, that's the thing. Like I've come across all kinds of people, and I don't know how much time we have left on this podcast, but this is the bonus round. So wax oh, poetic. Yeah. Well, cool. So I've had a lot of people ask me, especially a lot of people from back in high school and things like that, that have asked, "Hey, like, how do I? How are you? How are you doing as well as you are? How are you kind of?" how did you get into development and stuff? I was like, dude, just learn it. Like, don't go to, like, they're like, should I go to school? Should I do this? I'm like, I mean, you can, you know, and, and, and if that's how you learn the best, then, then, then awesome. Like personally, my wife can't learn anything on her own. She has to be taught it. But the easiest thing to do is just to go out there, look at, look at different things, get on GitHub, mess around, push stuff up there, let people criticize you and, and just kind of just make stuff, just make, Whatever you feel like making. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. I tell my students now, um, go bang around on CodePen. Like, I didn't have CodePen when I was learning this, but yeah. just, like, take a pen and fork it and change it and see what happens. Yeah. Refresh, you know, if you need to fix it again. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah. awesome. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for joining me today. Okay. Thanks again to Jeff for joining us. I had a great conversation. Uh, thanks to LiquidWeb and Hover.com for sponsoring the show. 
definitely check them out and say thank you. If you haven't already, make sure to check out the Patreon for this show over at patreon.com slash how I built it. And if you like the show, definitely make sure to give us a rating in Apple Podcasts. Ratings help people discover us, which means more listeners, which means better support, which means better content for everybody. And I want to thank Eric Bison for leaving a five-star review. He says, I love hearing the real stories of people building products. So much insight, actionable advice, and lessons learned in this show. Highly recommended. So thank you, Eric, for that fantastic review. If you want your review read on the air, please leave one so I can read it. And uh, until next time, get out there and build something.